Here's a sneak peek with Pastor Steve Johnson. Just think that God, you know, wants to fill us with the Spirit. He's not looking for us to earn it, earn Him, or uh, the evidence is really it's going to be His love. Yeah, that's true. That, 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 you know, that is the fruit, of the, the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. And, uh, and God does come, He gives you power, but that, that power is not tongues. Yeah. You know, that's just a byproduct, that's a gift. Yes. And I know the Pentecostal teaching what it teaches. I know what it teaches. And, and I know what the Baptist doctrines yeah, are. Yeah, that's that. That's, so, they're on the opposite side. Yeah, yes. And then they're totally opposite. But it's not that we want to be in the middle. It's just that the Word of God is in the We want to be on the Word. <laughs> and we want to be, we want to be word. on the Word. You can teach that. You can teach the other. I yeah. want to know what God's Word yeah. says. And that's what's important. And that's what we're teaching. And that sets you free. Strengthened by Grace Radio Life is a weekly radio show and podcast where we witness God's salvation, purpose, and call in the lives of those who receive God's gift of salvation. You'll be hearing from pastors, worship leaders, and all saints who will share their story of grace, how God called them from darkness to light. Today with us, we have Pastor Steve Johnson. Join us. Welcome back to Strengthened by Grace Radio Live. Today we are here with Pastor Steve Johnson as we continue in this series of My Story of Grace. How the Lord called you and pulled you out and how He continues to do that. He's not done. He's willing, He's able, and He desires to save even today. What do you think, Pastor Steve? Amen to that. Yeah, he's Pastor Steve Johnson from Maranatha Fellowship right here in Bellevue, Nebraska. And, and and I just got to start by saying your church, your ministry has had a deep impact in my life, in my wife's life. And and even though we were here on this uh, same terrain with you for only a short period of time, the impact of how the Holy Spirit, how the Lord used you guys to influence our lives is immense. And we love you. And we truly, uh, uh, somebody told me once, it would be great if we can get everybody together who loves the Lord and and has a passion for the things of the Lord, but then there will be no churches. We'll be on one spot. We'll yeah. be back in the book of Acts. That's right. <laughs> but that's not his desire. He wants to prepare us and send us out and continue forward with the work. So speaking of that, I, I have heard a little bit about your, your um, salvation story. As a matter of fact, if you don't know this, Pastor Steve, he's in our radio station daily. He's on the air twice a day. And, and you probably have heard Pastor Steve Johnson and say, well, Who's this guy uh, with his radio program, uh, Living Water? That's the name of the program. Right, right. And, 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 and I have people contact me before and say, who is this guy? And I tell them, well, this guy is from Nebraska. I send them your information and so on. So hopefully, I don't know if they ever reached out to you. But, but certainly, the Lord is using you. And I'm glad that you are in our station. It's a blessing to us. And maybe now people are putting a face to the voice, you know, and... And realize, well, that's what Pastor Steve is. Oh, maybe they, maybe in their minds, you already look like you look. So, uh, right. <laughs> so will you share with us a little bit about how the Lord got a hold of you? Okay. Well, when I was a young uh, child, my family lived catty corner across from a Baptist church, uh-huh. and so my my parents actually got married there way back in 1947, and then. Uh, from, I was the fifth of five children, so each one of us went to Sunday school. And then when I was about uh, six, 
uh, at Vacation Bible School, which was a week long, I uh, had raised my hand and went forward and got on my knees and asked Jesus to come into my heart. And a ge- girl named Patty Friend, uh-huh. actually, that was her name. Patty she, Friend. She, she led me to Christ. So anyway, when I was about, uh, from that time till when I was about 12, um, we went to church there. And then uh, some legalism crept in to the church yeah. and and it affected our family. I mean, actually, so uh, I was going in seventh grade and, and my mom actually said, you don't have to go there anymore if you don't want to. To the church. To the they church. had the school, I guess. They didn't have a school. It was just just a, just the church yeah, itself. Yeah. Okay. So, so I thought, well, you know, I just I won't go. No, no. So, so then I didn't go to church for probably four years, and you know, and uh, uh, my my brother and I went to Boy Scouts on Tuesday night, and the church that we went to the Scout meeting at once a month had a board meeting on Tuesday night, and they kept asking him, "Well, come to church here." So he finally yeah. started going. So about a year later, um, he was kind of bugging me a little bit to come, but uh, my grandpa had had passed away on Christmas Eve that year when I was in 11th grade, and it touched my heart, and I just began to want the Lord again, you know, and uh, so I got baptized on Easter the next spring, and uh, I was serious about the Lord. And, and I was like a kid. I went five months without using a swear word. I thought, ah, that's a I mean, good, that was, wow. That's a good record. Kid, you know? <laughs> so anyway, I thought that was exciting. But um, uh, something happened later on that year. We went up to Canada on a canoe trip, and, and we took a couple kids that we shouldn't have taken with us, and they were just absolutely uh, bugging us the whole trip, cussing us out. All kinds of things like that. This with the Boy Scouts? Yeah, with the Boy Scouts. Okay. And they were from a different troop, and we shouldn't have taken them, but we did. And uh, anyway, it affected my heart. And mm-hmm. something happened in my heart where uh, it took a long time for the Lord to show me later. But what happened to my heart, I allowed it to become embittered. And I didn't know how to forgive him because the unfortunate thing was I was going to a, a religious church, liberal mm-hmm. church. Yeah. And so I, I really didn't know what to do with what do i do with this feeling of unforgiveness and it affected me and slowly i went on a backslide for the next four years to the point where i was drinking every day for about a year and a half i drank every day i got uh you know i, I did a couple few things that i sh- uh, shouldn't have done you know with you know, marijuana and yes that kind of stuff but um what year is this and, and this was probably uh, you know, in, in, in 71, I got baptized. Okay. And then in, in probably 74 is when I really started to slip away terribly. You know, uh, um, and I had a broken relationship that I went with a girl for a couple of years when I got when I was a, a senior in high school, after I got out of high school. And uh, it just didn't work out. And, and then that's when I started hanging around with my old buddies. Oh. And they, they just infected me, you know. But God was so good the whole time to protect me from falling into things that I shouldn't be doing. And yet, other things I, I did do. But uh, but mostly, uh, it, it was just I was bound and I got to the place where I felt like, is this is this all there is to life? Is it? 
and I, I worked on the railroad as a switchman, mm-hmm. and uh, I worked for the old Rock Island Railroad, and it went down to Texas and every you know all over Everywhere. the Midwest. Everywhere, yeah, it was a big company. Yeah, they had ten thousand miles of track. So um, uh, I got to the point they laid us all off at the end of '74, and thirty-five percent of the system got laid off. Wow! So I had nothing to do, and so then. Uh, uh, so all I did was kind of party, but you got you had to take railroad unemployment, which was twelve dollars and sixty cents a day. <laughs> is all, that good? Is that, that bad? Was I don't terrible. Know. That was terrible. That was terrible for the time. You know, for the time. So, you know, I just uh, I had to sell off most of the stuff I had. I still lived at home, and and I I was just in my heart I was like empty, and and thinking is there something more to life. And I was blinded to buy my sin. And uh, so in the in 1975, the Lord used my aunt to tell her son. We were about 10 months apart. Close, yeah. And, and he'd gone to Bible school, Bible college. And he'd left the little rural church, you know, that we were going to a year before I did. Uh, I, I should have gone with him, but I didn't. And he, he had a very good... Uh, Christian upbringing, I mean, in the sense of being taught the Bible and all. So, so anyway, uh, he kept bugging me to come to a Blackwood Brothers concert in, in, uh, in October, the end of October. Is that a Christian brand? It was, band? A, it was an old quartet group. They, okay. they started in the 30s, actually. Uh-huh. And they were quartet music. And some of you people from the What's a quartet Midwest. music for someone well, else who would someone, you realize. got a bass and an alto and a... And a a cappella You know, stuff. a tenor and that kind of stuff. Okay, yeah. But you use instruments and piano oh, okay, and okay. guitars and all that. And so these guys would were doing that, and I'm I'm thinking, you know, I need to get get with him. Uh, he needs me because I can teach him a few things, you know. You mean you, 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 know? you, you learned it. Yeah. So <laughs> so I, I went with him to the concert, and uh, I had secretly been going down in my bedroom and reading my Bible. And I would read scriptures like, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And nobody else in the world knew about it except the Lord. Mm-hmm. And and he was moving on my heart. I was just sick and tired of what I was doing. And uh, I knew there was something more. So I, I just somehow was moved by the Spirit to read the Word. And, and uh, so my cousin takes me to this thing on and, and October 31st of seventy. Wow. 75, 75. And uh, the next day, he asked me to go to church with him because it was the next day was Sunday. And I thought, well, you know, I don't want to go to church there. They might say praise the Lord or something like that. Because I was in a just a church church, you know, a 20-minute sermon at church. Oh, kind of I've never been to one of those, to be honest. But so so anyway. Not, not too deep into the Word. Yeah, and, and they would just, you're, you're done, uh, three songs, and stand up, sit down, take an offering. Have communion and go home. Oh wow! After the teaching, fast, fast church, yeah. church, and fast it, service church. It was an hour a day, an hour a week, and it didn't go over and didn't go less. Oh wow! It was exactly an hour. They were so precise. That's funny. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, you know, I, um, I thought, well, you know, I'm going to try to get away from him. I, I just don't want to go yet. I want to leave. So I went out that night, Sunday night, mm-hmm. and I, I used to be a two miler in high school track team cross country and uh, I was I started to run I thought well I'm just gonna go for a run and I ran a three mile run and all the time during that running 
I, the still small voice spoke to me. He said, I am Jesus. I want to be a part of your life. I love you. I want to be a part of your life. And it wouldn't go away. So when I got done, I fell on my knees and the Holy Spirit fell on me from head to toe. I was flushed out. Really? Filled up. And uh, it was just an awesome experience. And then the Lord spoke to me and he said, you've just been baptized with the Spirit that Charles Finney talked about. The baptism of the Spirit. Yeah. And uh, who's Charles Finney? Oh, you, you didn't I, know who he was. Where did I hear about that from? <laughs> so, you know, it was, it, and then uh, uh, I began, you know, a new lie. I mean, it's just like, wow. And all of a sudden, I had forgotten that when I was six, I got saved. The Lord showed me the picture. I mean, it's just like a vision almost. Wow. Like, exactly, I can still see it today. Now, when I came forward and got on my knees. But it was like I was blinded all those years because of sin. And, you know, the God of this world blinds the minds of the unbeliever. But he can also blind the, the eyes of the of the Christian who's not grounded or uh, isn't really filled with the Spirit of God and doesn't stay there and walk in the Spirit. And, and so you get blinded by your sin, sin blind. And that's what happened to me. So, so let, me, let me interject for a second. So I love the fact that you're sharing from a perspective of I got saved on a vacation Bible school. Yeah. Because sometimes we can look at this and say, that's really such an antiquated concept, you know, going yeah. back in, at least in the American <laughs> church, hundreds of years. Yeah. That every, every summer you gather their kids and share the gospel with them, play with them and have fun with them. But it's val valuable to see that, that he has impact. Yeah. That the Lord hears the, the hearts. And, yeah. and how many kids have gone through our churches that... We think, well, we, we may never see them again. I know. And yet the Holy Spirit has planted the word in the seed and, he, and, and is ready and is there. Uh, not only salvation received, but I mean, even when they fall away, they can never get away from the Lord. And I, I love right. that. I, right. I love that you can never, I, I, I encourage um, young kids, listen, if you know Jesus, you will never be able to get away with from the Lord. If you're truly born again, His Holy Spirit is going to always be there reminding you and loving you and, and being kind to you and being honest with you and saying, this is sin. Even when we walk away, even when we fall in on the wayside, like we may, people may consider us. Yeah. And I just wanted to point out that is such a valuable reminder. Don't, don't think that a child's faith is not enough, powerful enough to save. Right. Yeah. You know, Peter tells us that we're born again of a seed that's imperishable. Mm -hmm. And and when that seed gets in the good soil of your heart, even if you and when you slip or yeah. backslide, you know, it says a righteous man falls seven times <laughs> yes. and rises again. But the backslider, he's going to be full of his ways. He comes to the place where it's like, I can't do this anymore. You become the prodigal. You, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, I'm sick of this. This is crazy. I wanted my own way. I want to do my own thing. And now I'll, I'll at least go back to my father's place. He'll he'll give me a place to stay and sleep, That's maybe. Right. And if I have to be a servant, I'll be a servant. But all of a sudden, the father says, I've been waiting for you. Yeah. I've been waiting for you to come back. And see, that's how God is. And when you when you read the book of Hosea, you constantly hear a message, come back. You know, come back. Seek the Lord while he may be found. It's, this, this is what we need to do. And, and, uh, so that that's you know what God did in my life, and then then He began to 
change, you know, my direction and the things I did and things I desired. Sent me to Arizona. You know, but before that, I, I met my wife at the I Found It campaign in 1976. Oh. Bill Bright put that on. Mm-hmm. And it was a campaign where they put a, a bumper sticker on your car, I found it. And then the next bumper sticker was, and you can too. <laughs> but it was, it was over a period of weeks and months. And then we would man phones and call people. We have meetings where we get together. So it was like, a, into the, by comparison, not that it was that, but by comparison, you know how today we have the political campaigns that they call yeah. you over the phone and right, things like right. that. It was something like that? Yeah, or they would wow. call you wanting to know, what's that mean? What, what do you find? Because you put the, the phone number out. I like that. And then, uh, but I met my wife there, and, and we hit it off and got Serving married. the Lord. Yeah, got married in six months. That's, that's the best way, <laughs> I tell you. Somebody who loves the Lord, serving the Lord, that's the best kind of wife you can yeah, find. Yeah, that's right. Yeah? That's right. And so, he, he, I want to go back a tiny bit. You mentioned, and in, 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 in obviously... Well, let me go to let me go for it. No offense, nothing uh, given, nor taken. I love the fact that you said in that night, when the, when you came back to the Lord in repentance, he says you were you said you were filled with the Holy Spirit from yeah. head to toe, and and I don't know what was your knowledge of the Holy Spirit. That's kind of what I'm trying to say. Because sometimes people think I cannot receive the Holy Spirit until I kind of have like a ten week lesson yeah, right. on it, or do we want to find. Right. We want to get a textbook on the Holy Spirit. And it's important. I think it's very important to understand the person, the deity, the godliness, the power. Uh, everything that he does and he gives is very important. But the reality of you don't have to come back, come in with without with all the knowledge in order for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And the importance of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Yeah. I think many times even uh, churches we love, they have neglected that area of developing your life and your walk empowered by the Holy Spirit. And that is something that I think we learned from you most. When my wife and I were here, the emphasis is like the Holy Spirit, rely on the Holy Spirit. Earlier in the conference, you talked about being spirit taught versus just word taught, not only head knowledge, right? but but being fed through the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Now, why would you encourage somebody who is sitting at the church or on their car right now or, or driving or watching this online you might be saying, you know, I, I've heard about this Holy Spirit, but, you know, I'm kind of, I heard all about stuff. It's like, yeah. you know, he, they, many people have given the Holy Spirit a bad reputation. I hate to say that. Right, right. But it's true. And people are afraid. Well, I don't want to be one of those guys who is uncontrollably barking or speaking in tongues and all these things. And let me clarify, I'm not, I'm not trying to diminish the gift of speaking in tongues. The gift of speaking in tongues is powerful. I, the Lord has given that to me and, and, and I enjoy it. And it's a blessing. Paul says it's a blessing specifically for the one who has it. Yeah, so that's right. Kind of selfish, to be honest. But, right. but it's such an empowering thing. And it's not the flesh. Yeah. It's, it's the Spirit of God. Yeah. So what would you tell somebody who is having reservations, who the Holy Spirit right now has been speaking about their Christian walk and saying, you've been trying on the flesh. What you need is the Spirit. Yeah. Well, how can you encourage them? Well, well you know, uh, one thing... We're, we're about five blocks from off at Air Force Base. Mm-hmm. And I will mention occasionally, it, it, it is like the military telling you that the weapons for those airplanes don't work anymore. Oh, that's a good analogy. And, yeah. and uh, I really believe 
because I've been in different circles, you know, my in my walk with the Lord. But there's too much of of this uh, speaking against the Holy Spirit because of the abuses yes. that others have have committed. And understand if there's a counterfeit, there's a real. Mm-hmm. So why would Satan counterfeit and say I'm speaking about the Holy Ghost, you know? <laughs> and then and then all of a sudden that uh, you realize. I remember a guy in Arizona when we were down there. Uh, he actually started teaching um, uh, on uh, uh, dogs and worshiping dogs. And he had talked about the Holy Spirit, the gifts. All of a sudden, his ministry turned to D-O capital G. And and he turned God around and made a dog. And I'm serious. Was he like a revelation of the Holy Spirit yeah, to him yeah, or something? Yeah, to him. But it was like, that guy's off the wall now. Yeah. And then some. But, but the problem is that people buy into that and they, they think, well, that must be the Spirit. Or I've got to do certain things. But for for me, you know, I didn't I didn't know about the Holy Spirit because I was saved in a Baptist church. Yeah. Nothing against the Baptists because there's some good Baptist people. Definitely. Like John Rice, if you get some of his stuff, how great soul owners were filled with the Holy Spirit. He's got a great book on that little pamphlet. But um, but I'd never been taught about the Holy Spirit other than you know the Gloria Patri and Father Son Holy Spirit and that kind of thing. But it's like he's the third person of the Trinity, but he's left out, you know. And and so um, for me, I didn't know anything, but I know something happened to me. Yeah. I know it happened. I didn't speak in tongues until five years later, mm-hmm. and then it just happened. God did it. But, but so that's not the evidence. I know that a lot of people teach it. You got to speak. Where does it say that in the scripture? Do all speak with tongues? Either Paul is saying, by the Spirit, a truth. Do all speak with tongues, or he's absolutely deceived. That's right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So and so when we hold to the scripture, you know, we want to look at. And, and let me tell you, says. that is a very Hispanic, um, biblical. Bibli- uh, I don't want to call it biblical, but it's a bad doctrine. That they teach that, that if you, in order for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit, the evidence is you have to speak in tongues. And yeah. it's not because the gift of tongues is a gift. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit tells us in, through his word in 1 Corinthians 12, Romans and so on, and everywhere you look at the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, that he gives each one deliberately according to what he desires to give them. Yeah. And some people will speak in tongues. As a matter of fact, Paul says, of course, what you mentioned do all of you speak in tongues? And the answer is not everybody speaks in tongues. Yeah. And so that is a very destructive doctrine in the in the in the Hispanic world. Yeah. And one of those things that that it takes uh, some time of retraining in God's word to see in God's word for what it is, God's word, following the pattern of how you build doctrines, right? Right. That that you see that and you and you realize, oh man, I've been taught this wrong my entire life. And, and if that is you, and, and you know what happens on the other end, I, I don't know if you experienced this, but I'll share what happens. If you don't speak in tongues, then you feel condemned. Yeah. Well, God doesn't love me. Yeah. He doesn't want to give me the spirit. Right. And then, so what I do, they stop seeking. And when the Bible tells us, Jesus said, if you if you being good fathers, and he's kind of mocking us, that you're not as good as my heavenly father, of course. If you being good fathers will not give your kid a piece of stone when he asks you for bread, or a snake when he asks you for a fish, as a kid, right? Right. How much more will your heavenly father will not give the Holy Spirit to those who ask of him? And I remember right. when that came into my life, I'm like, holy cow, that is yeah. such a powerful yeah. truth. Yeah. 
that the Lord says, I'm not holding back. Yeah. I want you to have his yeah. empowerment. Yeah, I think what happens is uh, um, in the teaching, it's like an either or. It's kind of like, not, not even to be controversial, but for example, when you come to Christ, people say, are you a Calvinist or an Arminianist? Oh, yes, yeah. And neither one of those guys is in the Bible. Neither one of them <laughs> died on the cross for your sins. That's true. Neither one of them is your Savior. It's just the doctrine of man. And they both have some truth, but carried away into an extreme, they're both absolutely untrue. Yeah. So, so uh, you know, we're, we're in a situation sometimes it's like we have the haves and the have-nots. Mm-hmm when it comes to gifts of the spirit and what what if it were understood that all these gifts when i teach on the gifts of the spirit i find at least 23 gifts in the new testament that's right yeah and maybe a few more and and so each of us has gifts that differ romans 12 tells us that. that's right and we have a measure of those gifts so um but what we do is we put each other under condemnation, whether we do or don't have certain things, you know. And so, uh, but I think when when we were talking about the Holy Spirit, it's like he is a gift. And uh, sometimes he comes sovereignly and, and just touches your life, falls upon you. I love the story of D.L. Moody, how he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then I, I when I read Acts 18, I find that Apollos had the exact same experience with Aquila and Priscilla, that he was eloquent, and then a couple oh, of yeah, so, so a couple of Methodist ladies actually told Moody, said, "Mr. Moody, you're you're really a great evangelist, but I mean, God is using you, but you lack something." And he said, "What?" Says, "You lack the unction of the Holy Spirit." And they went and and he said, "Let them pray for him," and he got filled with the Spirit. And a few days later. He, he had been in Chicago and he was in New York going overseas and 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 uh, while he's on a walk the Holy Ghost falls on him and he wrote a little book called Secret Power and the last the original copy of that book uh, for a while they put together uh, the last chapter was written by R.A. Torrey it was called the Baptist who was the tragedy of yeah of, of Moody yeah disciple later would. Yeah. And he was a congregationalist preacher and when he got filled with the Holy Spirit, it totally changed his views. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's another story. But it's just that, that God, you know, wants to fill us with the Spirit. He's not looking for us to earn it, earn him, or uh, the evidence is really is going to be his love. Yeah, that's true. That, 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 you know, that is the fruit, that's of, the the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. And, um, and God does come and gives you power. But that that power is not tongues. Yeah, you know that's just a byproduct. That's a gift. Yes. And I know the Pentecostal teaching what it teaches. I know what it teaches, and and I know what the Baptist t- doctrines yeah, are. Yeah, that's that. That's so, they're on the opposite side. Yeah, yes. and then they're totally opposite. But it's not that we want to be in the middle. It's just that the Word of God is in the middle. We want to be on the word. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. want to be, we wanna the, be word. on the word. I, you can teach that. You can teach the other. Yeah. I want to know what God's yeah. word says. And that's what's important. And that's what we teach. And that sets you free. It's it, it's amazing. Yeah, it's freedom right there. Yeah. Because when when we same thing with the doctrine of Arminianism and Calvinism and so on. 
The Bible teaches both yeah. very strictly. So how do you yeah. teach? What do you do when you come across a passage? You know what? It's, it's talking about repentance. Galatians 5. You better repent. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm to tell you. Better repent. Yeah. If he's talking about eternal security, John chapter 8, I think it is, and um, uh, Romans 8. No, no, nobody can put you out of my hand. Nothing can separate you from the love of, right. of God. And you know what we teach? Eternal security. Yeah. We don't have to. My, my limitation of my brain is, so, is huge. I'm, I'm a very limited person when it comes to understanding the fullness of God that yeah. somebody said if you understood everything about God then you wouldn't be God anymore yeah you, you'd be just as good yeah we know in part we we're prophesying part. that's exactly right that's why we need each other uh-huh but what, what we do is we kind of blast each other well you don't agree with what I said so therefore you yeah. know and so I think that when you find the balance of the truth led by the spirit and constantly being willing to be taught Yeah. That's important. So you get saved. <laughs> Let's go back to the story. You get saved. The Holy Spirit falls upon you. You start work. You meet your wife. So, so um, I worked on the railroad, and I had gotten to be part time. I mean, you know, I'm going to work six or eight months out of the year. So my dad kept bothering me. He had a business, sold business forms, office products, and that kind of thing, computer supplies. So I went to work for him, straight commission. Oh, nice. I mean, straight commission. And no salary, no base salary, nothing. nothing. So, that, that's the love of a father. But, but, yeah, but it taught me how to walk by faith. Uh-huh. And then I met my wife. And um, uh, when I, actually, I met her the night I decided to leave. So it was really awesome. And then um, we got married, and we... Uh, My dad sold various products, and one of his products I really enjoyed selling. So I put my name in to the company and said, if you ever need a full-time rep anywhere, let me know. And they said, we're, we're delighted and excited about that. And so they gave me five choices, and one was Phoenix. And so in 79, we moved to Phoenix. We got married in 77, and in 79, we moved. Your wife, uh, Terry Johnson. Terry. What, is, what was her last name before Sor- marriage? Sorensen. Sorensen, yeah. in case anybody ever wonders. Yeah. Where's Terry Sorensen? Yeah. Not just, not just Terry Johnson, and she's a blessing. Yeah, so we moved to Arizona, and <laughs> and, uh, and we started, uh, you know, we were kind of like on our own, so we tried some different churches, and, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, ended up, we went to a user-friendly church for a while. I was an elder, 25 years old. And I discerned, I don't think they're teaching the truth. So, really? Um, well, yeah. well, I mean, uh, to be honest, I've never been to one of those. I've never been to a, a secret friendly church. Yeah. What was what was the. That's really what it was. What, what was the, the giveaway? In case somebody's the, listening well, right they, now they and had, they're like, well, how did he know if it was a, yeah. a, a church that is not teaching God's word? Yeah, it was like they, they had something they called friendship evangelism. So they go out and and uh, go through the neighborhoods and hand out flyers and then they would invite you to come to church but uh, what they're they were geared to do and this is this is what turned us away at first when they started they taught the Bible mm. and then the pastor told us that they were going to change and they had an agenda of this format they were going to do when that happened about four months later the pastor would not even on Sunday morning would not even mention the name of Jesus Wow, so it was like a complete 
separation completely from the word of God. And that's what began to really bother us. It's like, what's what's going on here? If you're listening and that's your situation, that should bother you. Because where else are we going to get life? Not not from wise saying. Yeah. So, you know, they would have a a drama and a somewhat contemporary Christian music. But um, uh, it was like they, they would look at the world's view of things and and then if you wanted a Bible study, you could come Thursday night. So anyway, I ended up getting a left field fellowship. I was <laughs> kind of, I told uh, to step away. Thank you for coming, but yeah, don't come anymore. Because I was a troublemaker now. Because I wouldn't go with their flow. But uh-huh. I knew in my heart, this isn't right. Now, unfortunately, this doctrine has permeated the Church of Jesus Christ um, in the last 45, 50 years. And, and it's just permeated the evangelical church. So that was at the beginning of all of this. Yeah, it was what the we beginning. see now, yeah. we're all very clearly open and yeah. described. So, uh, you know, when we moved to Arizona, we'd heard, we were in a Bible study in Des Moines in 78, and we heard about this ministry um, from California. And this guy named Chuck Smith. Like, who's this guy? This is the Midwest. We don't need this stuff back here. We don't need California people yeah, here. we don't need California. I'm, I was a Dodger and Laker fan, and, but I thought, other than that, keep California. Because it was the Midwest, uh-huh. and we were here first. That is, you know, people-wise. Yeah, so, okay, I'm only like, so what anyway, do you mean? Yes, yes. That, that, you know, you go West Young Man. But that's how I felt. So I moved to Arizona, and I'm a salesman, and all of a sudden I'm listening to these, all these radio guys because I'm in my car a lot going to appointments and I heard Chuck Smith on the radio so I really liked him and then I read yeah. Tozer but I didn't read any other Christian books other than Tozer I listened to Chuck Smith and some other guys but but uh, uh, we went to this this church for you know six months and left and went to a missionary church after that and, and there I got to meet J. Oswald Sanders really who was the uh, overseer at the time wait had I thought you the old silent Sanders had died many years ago he, he died when he was close to 90 but in seven let's see this would have been 83 wow. or 82 83 oh, cool. I even have a book with his autograph really yeah I'll give you five bucks yeah <laughs> okay uh, I have an extra <laughs> copy with with his autograph in Office things. Uh, yeah, I'll give. I'll sell it to you for ten. No, <laughs> no, not really. That's amazing. But, um, but I was twenty-seven. Great writer, though. By the way. I was twenty-seven. He was like seventy-eight. Wow. And, and I've always had a respect for older gentlemen, anyway. Yes. Yeah. Older people in the Lord. But um, we went to a missionary church for about a year and a half, and we were listening to Pastor Chuck on radio, and and uh, we liked the missionary church because we, when we were out looking for churches after the break of the, the user-friendly group. Yeah, we were kind of shopping around. We go to some Pentecostal churches and charismatic churches, but we we would find that their worship was excellent, but the teaching sometimes would not be, you know, the scripture. They would teach other things. So when you say that, I don't mean to beat a dead a dead horse. Is that what the saying is? I don't know why you gotta beat beat a dead horse, but what do you mean? Again, my background completely different than yours, and I don't relate to that because even though I went to Pentecostal churches growing up, you know, I got it was all it was all about getting saved every single week. I have yeah. maybe a thousand salvations to my account in heaven, but we were taught the word. I mean, not 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 systematically, but we, you know, 
we read about David. We read about uh, all these heroes of the faith, if you would. What do you mean when you say they were not teaching at all? The well, word? for example, we went to this really, you know, it was a very big church, and mm -hmm. it, a lot of people came, and the worship was fabulous. But the preacher, the three weeks we, we tried it out, um, he preached about a prophecy that some fellow made over his son. What? He didn't teach the word. Like like some some random yeah. some random guy yeah. on the street gave this prophecy to his son and now he's talking some about it? Some guy that he knew about it. You know, knew about it in another place. But it was like we were so hungry for the word of God. And it's wow. like this isn't really what we want. So we we chop around. Yeah, yeah. But um finally, nothing wrong with that. Finally we found this uh this missionary church. Uh huh. And then we later heard the pastor got filled with the Holy Spirit and got talked out of it intellectually. Uh -huh. But you could tell he was anointed. And people would get saved. He was an evangelist and a pastor and a verse-by-verse -verse teacher. Wow. And then and then uh, uh, Calvary Chapel, did, you know, they, we were borrowing Chuck's tapes over the air and or over the, actually over, uh, we would call Costa Mesa and then they would send them to him when we go down to a tape library at uh, the church down in South Phoenix, which was quite a ways from our house. And then uh, uh, they sent, John Higgins came up and started a Bible study in North Phoenix. And we, that's the first one. And we were like home. So John Higgins essentially turns out to be your first Calvary Chapel pastor. That I met, yeah. That you met and, yeah. and we got to congregate with. And then, and then his worship leader became our pastor. Really? So six weeks later. Uh -huh. the, the Bible study we went to grew from 18 people to 60 in six weeks. Wow. I mean, it was just a fun. I'd never seen anything like that. But um, it, it was exciting. So, we, you know, we found that the balance between the Word and the Spirit yeah. being taught. And we'd never seen, honestly, people raise their hands and worship and close their eyes. That was not common to us. We were Baptist people. No offense against the Baptist people. No, but yeah. It was like in the Midwest. Now, out, out in the Southwest, uh, we'd go to some Baptist churches and they'd raise their hands. Oh, they do? And, and it was like, this is really different. Uh, I'm people, glad, I'm glad. People were very loose, looser, you know, they weren't so strict, but in some cases, like we were used to. Because um, like you mentioned, you came from a very legalistic type of yeah. uh, church. Yeah. Growing up. Yeah. So, so do you... So the Lord opens the door for a Calvary Chapel there in North Phoenix, and and you, you guys started attending it. Now, how something I want to touch and I want to encourage, I mean, encouraging everybody who sits with us. How do you hear the voice of God called you specifically to ministry? Well, for myself personally, um, I I uh, I kept reading things like David. Would ask the Lord, should I go up and do battle against the Philistines? Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, how did he hear God speak? How, yeah. how did he hear? And some people will say, well, through the Urim and the Thummim. Yeah. And but not every time. There was not always a yeah. priest around. Yeah. And so then I began to to realize that God spoke through a still small voice, and He speaks through His Word, and. Uh, so when you put the two together, um, all of a sudden, you know, and we were teaching a Bible study in Glendale, Arizona, uh, after we'd been to Calvary for a year or a year and a half, and uh, it was growing, and, and it was just awesome. And I had my business going, and 
all of a sudden things were changing business where they were starting to do things that tried to get more business and do some kind of uh, situations that I wasn't real comfortable excited about okay. and God spoke to my heart about the prudent man seeing the evil and hiding himself and then then I began to get scriptures and, and this, his thoughts would come to my mind to go back to the Midwest so um, uh, so anyway we're on vacation one time and the, the Lord had spoken to Vacation, vacation back here. Yeah. To, Wait. See, my, my wife's from Southwest Iowa. Okay. So that's where her family is. But you, I guess we didn't mention in the beginning. Where were you born at? Des Moines. Des Moines. Yeah. Also in Iowa. Yeah. So, so it's I, not even your home state. Yeah. So I, we came back to visit family on Christmas. Okay. And in 83, and, and uh, God had already spoken to me. That was to go to Omaha. 38 years ago. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, so anyway, we... Um, We, as we were praying about it one night uh, I was teaching through the book of Acts and and the interesting thing about the Bible study was we were teaching it in a the home of a couple that used to live in Omaha oh and she had made the comment after I taught Acts 16 Paul got the Macedonian vision come and help us yeah that night The, the gal, unbeknownst to her, just having fellowship, she says, you know, my sister uh, lives in Omaha, and she called up Costa Mesa and wanted to know if someone would come and start a Bible school. Oh, wow. Come and help us. That was a confirmation to me. It's like, wow, somebody that want, you know, wants something. So um, I took that as, let's go check it out. So we did. And Can I open a parenthesis here for a second? Is that where, where in your radio program, you always have mentioned, because you guys have multiple radio stations, or at least one radio station with multiple transmitters here in the area, in Omaha, Nebraska, runs through parts of Iowa, all the way to Lincoln, I think, or something like that. Well, almost. Yeah. I, I don't know, it's yeah. like the like yeah. map uh, distribution. But on your radio program, you always have, if you would like us to start a Bible study like this in your town, please call us. Right. Is that where that comes from? Yeah, yeah, that that came later. Well, I mean, years yeah. later, but, but but like the idea or yeah, the, the heart behind it. Absolutely. Wow. It's it's like uh, it's they're like sheep without a shepherd. Yeah. In some of these towns, and that's all across America. That is true. Um, I'm gonna have to steal that and put it at the end of my program too. Now. Yeah. It's a great way to hey, because if there's already a heart, a desire, why not go there? And you never know. Maybe listen to you. That's right. A specific day. Wow, I heard this fella make a comment. He's willing to come to our town. Yeah. And we we did that when we got on down south. We started a station south of here first. And uh, that's how we got in contact with the going down southern Nebraska. Mm -hmm. Somebody heard us on the radio. Wow. Okay, let's come back to the story. I'm, so, so um, I'm, I'm just enjoying it. Sorry yeah. for interrupting so, so much. So, really, um, this gal, she had a full, back in the old days, and I call the old days, the 80s, you know, but she had a full uh, uh, word for today. That's Chuck Smith's teachings, uh, tape library. You know, I had a thousand tapes. Yeah, it's a lot. And, and it was like a tape, like a book library. You'd borrow the tapes and bring them back in a couple weeks, and then you'd three or six more or whatever you, you 
we got. And so, um, uh, so when we got here, she gave us the tape room. And then, after calling us here, she, we met with her and had dinner with her, and, and then she didn't come to the study. And she came to a couple, and then she she just didn't want to commit to it. Well, but it was like God used her to get us here. Is, is that what happened to Paul in the yeah. book of Acts? Uh, yeah. He has the dream of the guy, and who, who does he encounter? Lydia. Yeah, right? And, right. and it wasn't that guy who was like, yeah. where's this guy at? Yeah. Let's, let's go by the river and pray, he said. Yeah. And there's all these women ready to hear the word. Yeah. Yeah. But God has ways of getting you where he wants you to be. Uh-huh. And you you don't base it on human reasoning. Yeah. It's like, well, this the Lord got me here. He wanted me here. So Now what? Now, whatever yeah. you want to do. Yeah. So that's what how we started. That's amazing. Now that was 38 years ago. So you've been in Bellevue ministering the yeah. word for that many Eight years. Since 84. Yeah. Well, 84, so 35, so something like that. Um, and uh, we stayed here. You know, the Lord has kept his faithfulness. Has kept you here. And, and you know, out of, um, I don't know, the fullness of the impact of your ministry, And, and the ministry of the word, of course, we, we, I hate it when we say it's our ministry because it's not ours. It's, we're just being faithful to whatever the Lord calls us to do. But definitely the impact because out of that radio station, Clarinda started. Right. And Calvary Chapel Clarinda now. And yeah. then you guys been having Bible studies in Lincoln, Nebraska. For, you guys had one for a while, I think. Yeah. What's the Lincoln? We actually started one in, in Lincoln and then a, a brother came later. Uh-huh. And now and there's a chapel we, there. And one of our elders went to Maryville, Missouri. Uh-huh. Um, Who was that? And uh, JD. Ah, okay. Jared, I don't think I remember him. JD Durst. And then, uh, uh, and then you guys, uh, what is the name of the town? Uh, the one that John is currently doing, John Walker? Yeah, we go to Malvern, Iowa. Malvern, Iowa. Uh, we were told, we went there for a, a few months, I don't know, it was early 2000s. Wow. And, and uh, We were told then that it had a hundred years before, uh, almost. It was like 1917 or 18. Billy Sunday was there. Really? Uh, and priests in that town. Uh, I mean, that was a cool thing. That's to cool, hear, man. Because you know? yeah. like, wow. we hear about these guys, yeah. but we've never seen them or been there. And, and you also has, yes, got also got the Nebraska City Bible study yeah, going had, for many years. I don't yeah, know if he's still back 14 there. 14 years, and then we're going to go back there. Wow. Yeah. And, and, and did those come from the radio stations? Um, from calls yeah, and invites? They, they get a good signal down there now. Since wow. I think so now. So there's definitely a fruitfulness and a lot of fruitfulness, you yeah. know? And, yeah. and you guys always put this conference together every September, I think it is? Yeah, this is our... We began in 96. You started in 96? Yeah. That's a lot of years. And so it was real small. Just a handful. But and you know, it's, it's, it's such a sweet, sweet time of fellowship. And yeah, I would encourage anybody is. who is, lives near Nebraska or or anywhere you live there, you can drive. I encourage you to come. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's, really, it's really been a blessing. Pastor Steve, we're running out of time. I don't want to keep you too long. All right. But a couple more things. Number one, uh, there's a lot of fear right now dealing with the whole COVID 2019, 2020, 2021. I think by now it's been about a year or so. We've been dealing with this and definitely a lot of people filled with fear. Um, how would you encourage them? Well, I think that we've got to be encouraged uh, 
to set our mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Amen. I mean, we really do. Now, we're, we're in a situation where this vaccine and so forth is not the mark of the beast. Certainly not. But it is a precursor yes. to, to what they're planning. These guys have a plan, and, and they're wanting to uh, make us into a one-world economy in every realm. Uh, do away with Christianity. They've been. You read Psalm two, and it says they want to get rid of the the Lord and His anointed, <laughs> and and they have been. Mm-hmm. And and but God has set His only begotten Son as King uh, over the earth. You know, it just tells us that in Psalm chapter two, verse seven and eight. But um, so it's it's nothing new under the sun. But it 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 shows us that we've got to be close. Yeah. to the end of this particular dispensation or age of grace. Yes. Because uh, the Bible clearly says if, if you don't pick and choose what you want to believe, but you read through your Bible uh, and you just keep reading through it and you start over again, it's the living Word of God, by the way. It's not the doctrinal thing that you have to have right and, and then you read the Bible according to your doctrine. You want... To read, to get your doctrine from the, to the Bible. Bible. Yes. So when you you see that, wow, the church age is about over, and, and so I think that as we see these things like viruses and all, uh, that we can get real political with that, but that's not what, what we're supposed to be about. No. We're here to save souls and here to get them out of uh, the potential fire that they're headed for. Jude twenty. 22 it says some of them with uh, kindness yeah. you will save and some others with with fire you yeah. know like barely pulling them out of the fire yes and so it, I I personally found on the side of obviously this is not the mark of the beast anybody who's claiming that it is does not understand eschatology they don't understand that, that how to study the prophecy because yeah. it's not That's right. certainly is paving the way so that the whole world will be ready when that happens and 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 that's very exciting for me. People, people tell me, "Why are you so happy about this?" Yeah. I'm like, "How can you not? You literally yeah. have God's word telling you what's going to happen next. Yeah. We always had. Let me clarify that it's always been there, but now it's like in front of our eyes. This is an exciting time to be alive. Number two, people are thinking about death. You know, and and it is in the heart of men to be aware of their of their of their eternal. That they're going to die, that they're eternal beings. Yeah. And so the fact that people are worried about death opens the, the, the gospel so much. Because now people are thinking about eternity. What happens if I die? And we have not had that in the United States, I want to say, for at least 15 to 20 years. Because would, I would go to the park and evangelize and tell people about Jesus. You know what they tell me? Eh, not right now. I'm having a burger. Come back later. That's right. But right now, because of the hurt, the death, I, I think I heard something like one in every 500 people have died. And and I have certainly have friends who have passed from this. Um, but because mortality is in the mind of men, it's so much easier for me to say, can I tell you, can I, can I, can I ask you a spiritual question? What do you think about the afterlife? And then take him to Jesus. And now they're engaging. Now they're willing to hear. That was something, to me, at least in my own eyes, three years ago, we did not have. And I believe, it may be my own personal belief of it, but Joe did promise in the last day I will, I will pour out my spirit. 
And I do believe that the Holy Spirit is going to raise a, 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 new, a new generation of believers, you know? Yep. That's right. For the last time, perhaps the last revival we may have ever, ever, ever seen. We don't have a promise of revival. Let me clarify that. But at least if I see 100 people get saved, to me, that's revival. That's beautiful. That's the Lord operating. Well, because the, the Word of God is the living Word of God, and even though we look at the sure word of prophecy and yeah. there are appointed times that God has mm -hmm. that absolutely we don't we can't go beyond. Certainly. But but on the other side of that, as long as I have breath and I'm able to pray, I am going to ask the Father for a revival. Yes. And back in the 1790s, if you, if you ever get a chance, uh, and you may be listening to this, but J. Edwin Orr, it was a walking encyclopedia on a revival. He said in the 1790s, America had fallen into the attitude they would rather be under the French Revolution than their own. Wow. And they'd left Christianity, it seemed like. And the people were like wondering, is this is it done already? Is this country over? Well, the Christians got together and began to pray. And all of a sudden, by 1801, the Holy Spirit broke out yes, of King yes. Ridge in Kentucky. Revival began and went through the 1800s. There were many revivals. That's right. And it can happen again. God can do it again. It, certainly, our desire continues to be come, come, Lord Jesus, come. Come, yeah. Lord Jesus. The, 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 the Spirit is saying, the bride is saying, just come. We want to go yeah. home. But certainly, uh, I'm so thankful He hasn't. Don't get me wrong, my, my flesh, my desire says, I just want to go home, but I'm so thankful He didn't come with the 19. 1999 with the Y2K thing. Right, right. Because I wouldn't be here today, you know? I'm so thankful that Lord Peter, obviously Peter being encouraging the believers, saying they're mockers who are saying, what is the promise of his coming? It's not that like he's lacking. He's not being slow. He's giving time for salvation. He's allowing people to come to the kingdom. And if you're scared right now, if you're terrified of death, it's because you do not know the antidote to death. And that is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And once you receive his perfect love, then all fear is cast out. Yeah. And I would encourage you, whoever is listening, whoever is watching right now, please do not neglect that. Don't go to bed with fear. Ask Jesus, come into my heart. I don't want to live and, and die not knowing where my destiny is. Because within your heart, if you're not in Christ, you know you're not going to heaven. Will you share the gospel with us before we close? Well, one thing on my mind is that it's God's will no one should perish. Amen. And so God sent his only begotten son into the world because he loved the world so much. And that if we believe in him, we should not perish but have everlasting life. Well, even the devils believe in Jesus. So what does it mean that I need to believe in him other than the fact that I need to put my trust in his way of salvation? He died for my sins. My sins have separated me from God. And so now I can be given a, a relationship with God through Jesus Christ when I come to him and confess him as Lord and believe that God has raised him from the dead, take away my sin, and the Bible says you shall be saved. Amen. It's very easy. And and I can leave it with that. Yeah, but, just call. Uh, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Confessing with your mouth, believing with your heart. That's right. That's all it is. That Jesus Christ rose from the dead. That's it. It's not, 
It's not, you don't have to get your act together. You can't. You come to the Lord and he'll cleanse you. He'll do the work in you, within you, yeah. with, from the inside out. All you have to do is come. Pastor Steve, thank you so much for joining us and being part of this wonderful conversation. Let, right. me, uh, let me ask you, how can we get a hold of you? If somebody wants to say, I want to hear Pastor Steve's teachings, obviously, KCCN, 105.9. Um, 105.3. For you guys, is for us, it, which is uh, called in the Omaha area, 105.3 is our translator. 89.3 is our station, Living Water Radio. Living so Water Radio, okay. Dot org. Dot org. And for personal church information, you guys have Maranatha, Maranatha Fellowship. Dash Fellowship. And that is dot that net. That net. There, I think that you guys, last time I checked, it was making a new website. It looks beautiful. Yeah. And, and, and listen, you can... Join them live every Sunday, every Wednesday night when you guys share the word. I promise you, if you listen to the word of God through his teaching, you will be 100% blessed. I have been through many years. I still listen to you even though you don't know about it. <laughs> and, 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 and if you hear a similar sermon, it has nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with it. And I'm just so blessed that you can join us. And thank you for joining us. May the Lord continue to speak to you through your heart. And this episode is sponsored by KCCN. 105.9 LPFM, our local radio station. You can listen online uh, on kccn.org or, or listen at your home. Just ask Alexa, Alexa, play KCCN Citizen Radio, and you can listen to wonderful uh, teachers who care to teach you God's Word chapter by chapter and verse by verse. Pastor Steve is there twice a day, and many other teachers, and also sponsored by Calvary Chapel McAllen. Uh, visit us at ccmcallen.org and I encourage you, I leave you with these words of encouragement. Seek a church that wants to teach you the word, that is in interested and invested in sharing the truth of God's word with you. That's it. Thank you so much, Pastor Steve. <laughs>